Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, topics, stipulations. First down, plate it. Presenting topics for kind, easy to time, braid it. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. What a show we got for you today. NFL. And we'll be talking some baseball with the fan favorite, Joe Aguirre. No more regular season talk. It's all about postseason time for the New York Yankees and for those New York Mets that are chipping away. And then also, we got the Kanish back, ladies and gentlemen. He's back. College football, Ted's Florida Gators, as they like to call it, week zero. Battle in Florida, Miami, the U versus Florida tomorrow. We'll talk all about that. We'll have the Kanish join us in a little while. But ladies and gentlemen, we are back. And you know what the problem was today, at today's society? Millennials. You know why? Oh boy. Because we like to, when we think of millennials, and I think it's the Gen Z generation, as they like to call it as well now, what's the biggest problem with them? They like to talk, entitled, don't know when to shut up. And you know who fits that category? Ladies and gentlemen, we're back once again. And what are we talking about? It's the Cleveland Browns. We're talking Baker Mayfield. Some people like to talk, and some people like to do the walking. Baker Mayfield, we know he likes to talk. He's been talking since college football. He's been doing it, and but guess what? The thing that makes him different, he backs it up. And you know that. He backs it up with his play in the field. And some people don't like him. Some people love him. He's a polarizing athlete. I talked about it a couple weeks back of what type of person he is and how he can change the narrative forever as the franchise quarterback. But he's in the headlines again, talking Daniel Jones and the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to start calling the Cleveland Browns the Cleveland Giants because it seems like the Cleveland Browns are too much focused on the New York Giants when they should be worrying about a team that has all this hype surrounding them. There's a lot of love for the Cleveland Browns nowadays. They're one of the favorites. Some people like them going to the Super Bowl, which is beyond me. But this is the team. But they're talking about the New York Giants. And we'll get into Odell Beckham. But the problem with today's society is, and millennials and the Gen Z society, it's not the older generation. It's the generation that me, technically you're a part of, and the newest inductee into the keys to the city family is our guy Nate Ganya. And I know you didn't want to be put into this, but guess what? We're all part of this society, this millennial Gen Z. And our biggest problem is what? social like, media. Social media. We like to talk. Who doesn't? We, we I are, like to talk. But we are entitled. We are spoiled. Wait, wait, wait. Who's entitled? Our gen- We feel like we need to be, we get free things all the time. And Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham fit this Mold. Well, if you don't mind, if you don't mind for the fans, can you just repeat or reiterate what Baker Mayfield had said in the GQ magazine about the New York Giants and Daniel Jones? So why I call them the Cleveland Giants now until they stop talking about the Giants is because Baker Mayfield had an interview this past April in GQ, and if you haven't heard it by now, well, shame on you. Baker Mayfield supposedly blows his mind that the New York Giants took. Daniel Jones with the sixth pick. And he also quotes, 
And I quote by Baker Mayfield. Some people overthink it. That's where people go wrong. They forgot you got to win. Either you have history of winning and being that guy for your team, or you don't. I'm sorry. I didn't know that having a good record in college football means you're going to be an excellent professional quarterback. Remember Tim Tebow, Ted, your guy? Some might say he's the greatest quarterback of all time in college football. Where is he now? He might not be the and greatest what, quarterback. What he might they, be the greatest winner of all time. Well, what, oh, winner. Oh, winner. That's what Baker says. You, uh, you're born a winner. Okay. Where's Tim Tebow now? He's playing baseball. That's because he wasn't good enough in the NFL, though. My point is, is that there's guys in the NFL or college that were great there, never translated into the NFL. But there was guys in college that struggled. Johnny Unitas. John Elway. Patrick Mahomes, the darling of quarterbacks now. And now you can and put in Daniel Jones. I love how you took, oh. you took that stat for me. The darling. I mean, they that, all are quarterbacks beautiful. that had losing records in college, yet three of the four, two of them are in the Hall of Fame, one maybe is on his way, and Daniel Jones is TBD. So the problem with today's society, Baker Mayfield just displayed it this can't week. Can't shut up. They can't shut up. That's the problem with this Cleveland you, Browns you know, team. Was it me that told you about this quote first, or was it you telling me? That, I think it was. was it I you? told you. I was like, Ted, Giants again. So, I mean, it's the. Oh, you said the, the Browns. Cleve- the Browns, Cleveland Giants, Beckham and and Mayfield once again talking about the Giants. So when we looked, first looked at this, I'm like, why can't they just shut up? I don't understand it. You know, then you realize like this all seems like from the same articles, the GQ magazine, because you know you had Beckham talking about the Giants earlier, mm-hmm. and then Baker Mayfield. You know. I listened to Daniel Jones last night speak after the game, and they asked him a question about, are you ready to be the starter if the Giants ask you? And, you know, you listen to him, and people get so bored with those, like, vague kind of, like, vanilla answers. Like, yes, you know, I'm here for the team. When they ask me, I'm, you know, I'm there for them. I'm, whatever the team needs. And, you know, people are like, nah, tell them the truth. You want to be the starter. No. Earn your stripes. Earn your keep. You know, like, I remember when we grew up, like, when you played high school football, you know, as you go into the varsity level, you're going from the freshman to the varsity level. Mm-hmm. And they talk about it like, you know, in NFL too. Sometimes you have to carry the seniors' pads or the helmet or something, you know, because that's what those, those guys did when they were sophomores. You have to earn your keep. And it's funny, this guy Baker Mayfield, what has he really earned? I understand he's a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. Didn't win a national title. Mm-mm. Got beat yep. by Georgia. Had a great performance. But he talked before that game, if you remember, because Lorenzo Carter, of course, the giant guy, remember, went up to him after the game. What a coincidence. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> and kind of called him out. Yep. I forget what he said, but it doesn't matter. It's not relevant. What have the Browns won? They have none, won nothing. They've had a different quarterback, it seems, every year since. Seventh, they will have for the seventh straight year a new starting quarterback. Because Baker Mayfield did not start last year, if you remember. Yes. So think about that. So Where the Cleveland Browns now, are now. Now, here's the thing. Baker Mayfield was 7-8-1 last year. Now, as a team, I know he didn't play all 16 games. But that was their record last year. What did you win? You know, the guys that should be talking are guys like Tom Brady, guys like Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, Eli Manning. But you know what? You know why they're not? They don't talk. They don't, yeah. They're all about business. But I did say this a couple weeks ago, why Baker Mayfield will try to forever change the narrative of franchise quarterback because of the mouth. He's not going to be able to. Because of his mouth and how he displays it, how he comes out, and he's just going to be straightforward. He's not going to be like these Brady's and and Eli's and not say anything. Patrick Mahomes. 
That's why guys like Aaron Rodgers struggle, and Cam, people always bash Cam, them. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Even Big Ben. Big Ben's very outspoken, see, and he gets. But here's the thing: Big Ben has earned the right to speak because he's true. got two. All Super those guys Bowl, have. And been, he's a future Hall of Famer. All those guys have Aaron the right. Aaron Rodgers is a future Hall of Famer. His his talent speaks for itself. Now Baker Mayfield has the talent to be one of, one of the great quarterbacks of this of this generation so, and of the history of football, but. You haven't earned the right. Now, you're talking about a rookie quarterback that has not played one snap in the NFL in his career. Sorry, preseason doesn't count. Oh, we'll get into that. It doesn't count. We'll get into that. So, but then you, then you will go back. Now, a couple days later, you didn't realize the, he didn't realize the backlash that was going to be coming. Oh, see, this is the – hold on. This is why I bring back my opening statement is that we we millennials we we in our, our younger ages think that oh nobody's ever gonna hear it if we uh, that's why people are always on their phone Snapchatting recording Instagram because oh guess what let me just put it on we always blame people we always say you're an idiot why would you do that because you know today's society don't hit send don't hit send reporters are. Waiting for it. It's like a, it's like in Ted's case. It's like a chicken parm coming right to him. It's it's food. It's easy. It's it's easy to put put out. And guess what? And then everybody sees it. That's why, as a generation, we have a problem with that. And that's why Beckham, guys like Beckham, Baker Mayfield, Cam Newton, they fit that mold now. And you know what I was? But, thinking? He, but he backtracked and he said, "Listen, I yeah, wasn't I really speaking about Daniel Jones. I was, I was more speaking about how the Browns selected me number one. Mm-hmm. You know, and and listen, good for Baker Mayfield to understand that he made a mistake. Two things, I'll, and I'll end it on this part with the Baker Mayfield. He sh- first of all, he should have called out the reporter if the reporter misinterpreted what he said, because when players say stuff, the media has no problem calling out the player and putting him in." In that situation, so called. And the other thing is, I I give him credit for texting and and messing. Yes, Daniel. Well, he Jones got the number from apo- Barkley too. And apologizing. And and listen, Daniel Jones said, "Hey, listen, no big deal. It's all about business. Let's focus and move forward." So I was, I was trying to think of how OBJ and Baker Mayfield are a match made in heaven. I kept thinking about it. Everybody says it's like the X thing, why the giant, why Beckham is still talking about the Giants. And I was thinking about it's kind of like Beckham was. Is the young kid. And the Giants were like the older father. Where the father, old school mentality. Where Beckham is the young kid. He has all these new beliefs. He's listening to all this new music. He sees the world in a different view than his father will. And then he gets to see the Browns. They got all these, oh, they're all hanging out. They're all the cool guys. They're hanging out. But the Giants are that old father that you're like, oh my God. I love I love them. I love, no, hold on, hold on. I love them, but I just want to... I want to be myself, and I feel like Beckham is that kid that wasn't himself with the Giants. Yes, he might have said things in the first couple of years that he loved that he wanted to be in Giants, but deep down, we could relate. This I know, to our but life. he was deep down, he liked it, <laughs> but he didn't want to be there because he couldn't be himself. Beckham is the typical young kid now that he is as well, and the Giants organization. Well, how how the Giants organization he, is he, the he, older. The older guy is that has different views, and then you see the Browns. That's why Baker Mayfield, he's the cool kid. Beckham wanted to go do this. Oh, if I go hang out with him, if I be with him, I'm going to be one of those cool kids. I could get away from it. Yeah, I'll still have those feelings toward the New York Giants. 
just like I have those feelings for my father, but you always, you know how kids are now. It's, oh, I can't hey. stand. I can't stand my father. I can't Shades. stand. I can't stand hanging out with Shades. my. Hold on. I'm, I'm, this, this this is just I like know. our real life. But no, no, I don't. I don't have a problem hanging out. No, no, no. no we're, my not, point, we're not talking about my dad. But listen to me. My point when is we, when we go to our cousins or friends' houses. Yeah. Listen, and I know I'm cutting you off, but. What, I'm, what, what, a what else? Oh, what else is it? What a shock! But you know, I got a good point to this. We I joke when is. we're at, when we have parties at our house, right? Mm-hmm. The people who've watched the show have been to the house. We know we have a lot of old school in us because of our parents. We we literally put the music on in the backyard. And we're hanging by the pool, and we have the Doors on, and we have the Beatles, and we have old school music. And people are we like, journey. "We don't have journey. we don't have today's music." And Beckham and, then, and Beckham well, was, and then we go to like our cousin Ronnie's or other people and our cousin Darren's, and they'll have like today's, today's rap music. On, they'll have techno, today's music. And and my father would be like, "Our father would look at it like, what the hell is this? This, this is music. what the, this is what the Giants were. The Giants were that old guy that had their old beliefs, and they will never change their view." They, they won. They, they won They will games. never change their views and the beliefs. And then you see the Browns, kind of like the new day and age kid and the cool kid. And Beckham wanted to be that. That's why Beckham and Baker are a match made in heaven. Because it was... And the Browns. Was, the Browns are a match made in It was heaven. two cool kids. But one kid got to party it up, enjoy his life. Because he was in Cleveland. And there was another kid in Odell Beckham Jr. that always had to have fun, but he always couldn't be himself because he was in an old school place. Well, the Browns, listen, the Browns want to be, want to be the kid that want to fit in. Okay, the Giants have been there before. They're the team that's been there before. You can knock the Giants and say, listen, they've won one Super Bowl. They've made the playoffs twice in the last 10 years. Whatever. I don't care. Okay, but the Giants have Super Bowls. They have a resume. They have a history. They're one of the original franchises like the Browns. But what have the Browns won? Nothing. Nothing. Just like Baker Mayfield. Odell Beckham came out and said, this wasn't a business move. He said in Sports Illustrated, this was personal. They tried to send me there to die. No, actually, they didn't send you down to die because if they did, they would have sent you to Oakland or Miami. Or Buffalo. Or Buffalo. They sent you to play with Cleveland with a young, energetic, outstanding quarterback in Baker Mayfield. They sent you to go play with your best friend in Jarvis Landry. Yep. They want you to play with a team that's up and coming. That It's more your style, okay? Yep, exactly. If they wanted you to, to die, your, it fits to you. They wanted to send you to die, they would have sent you to Arizona or Miami, okay? So why don't you just shut up? Uh, another reason. So, and, here's, and he just says, I'm speaking facts, and I quoted. Okay. He's stuck in an old mindset, and you said that perfectly. And here's why I said. Oh, okay. No. What do you mean? Oh, what's the matter? You getting emotional over there, Beckham? You getting emotional now? You gonna cry about it? Have a glass of water. I'll, t- I'll take it from here. So, Ted was getting confused when I was talking about what do the nine last Super Bowl winners all have in common? And it relates to the Browns. There's no flash to them. Wasn't any hype. There wasn't any flashy. The flashy, the ooh-ahs and stuff like that. See, Look at him. Nope. Nitty gritty, running the football. Yes, they had personalities. Oh, I thought you were talking about personality. Okay, personalities. Okay. Understand. But I'm talking about coming in the flash. When we think of the Browns now, we think of flat. We think of big plays. We're thinking. We're thinking home runs now. When you think of when you think of the past, anything. when you th- I know. But when you think of the past nine Super Bowls, you got the Giants in one of them. Nitty gritty, blue chip type guys. New England, New England, Duh. three times. The Eagles, nitty gritty. The Packers. The Ravens, Seattle, Denver Broncos, all nitty gritty teams. They didn't have the flash. They didn't have the but whoa. But they, they didn't have. The, but they did have personalities. They did have personalities. They Richard did have. Sherman, they did have personalities. Kowski. But there's there's personalities. But they never had that flash. The they key never was, had that flash. The key was the coach. 
It is true. Pete Carroll was probably the closest they, thing to Flash of never any ha- of the nine. They never had the Flash. They always had the nitty gritty deep down inside. Yeah, they had personalities, but the deep down, they were nitty gritty. They were tough, hard nosed players. They come in and punch you in the mouth. The Browns have to be, if they want to get to a Super Bowl or even get to a playoff, AFC Championship, you have to replicate like the nine and last Super Bowl winners. Because if you want to change the game like the ooh-ah, the flashiness, and if you're going to get punched in the mouth, you got to take it and you got to get deliver it back. That's what those teams did the past nine Super Bowls. I'm done with the Browns, a.k.a. the Cleveland Giants. And now I want to get over to, another to the Giants. I, Who, the Giants? Oh, I'm sorry, you were talk about the Giants. I oh, we got to talk I, about the I, Giants. I know, I thought you were going to lead into we the gotta, Dallas Cowboys. Not yet. Okay, all right. We got to talk about, because we were talking about Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, and it's the million-dollar question. Million? Surprise. Yeah, the million-dollar crap. How much he's getting paid? I don't even know. What is it like? The twenty-five million dollar question. <laughs> I think I think it's like he gets like nineteen guaranteed this year. Whatever, it doesn't matter. He's making hair and surprise. Look, Baker Mayfield talk about Daniel Jones, and what are we talking about again? Daniel Jones impresses, and I talked about this in week one. Everybody's like he's playing twos and threes, ladies and gentlemen. If he was playing twos and threes and struggling, then we have a major issue. But he's taking control. He's taking control of this offense. He's showing leadership skills right from the bat. And he's picking them apart, these second and third team players. That's fine. I don't expect him to come in. What most people are saying, he should start. So the million-dollar question that New York Giant fans are wanting, come September 8th, in Jerry World, who's going to be the starting quarterback for the New York Giants? Is it going to be number 10 come on. again, or is it going to be number 8? Because the more you hear it, at first we said no, Eli Manning. But now you're seeing it week three of the preseason. Trevor, is that a week- serious question? Ted, to most people, because you've already heard it multiple it, times. Uh, okay. I'm not saying okay. I'm not saying if that. If that's it, even in a question for okay. most Giant fans, then they're idiots. I'm not. I'm, listen, not, I'm not, not saying okay, that. So you're in agreement. Listen, he, I'm saying that Eli should be the starter come September 8th. Daniel Jones has looked terrific in the preseason. He's got over 300 yards passing. He's got two passing touchdowns. I think, he, if I'm not mistaken, last time I looked at this morning, he was 25 of 30 in the post in the preseason. 26 of 30. 26 of 30. I Thank think you. So, I believe. And he had like 346 yards and two touchdowns so far in the preseason. <laughs> He's looked good. He's looked efficient. But we all know when September 8th comes and it's week one in the NFL season and the real ones are playing and the teams are fully, um, oh my God, I'm drawing the blank, but they're able to prepare for the team. Yes. Okay, When Dallas prepares September 8th, Daniel Jones has got a rude awakening ahead of him. His best thing is going to be able to learn and sit behind Eli and see what it takes to prepare week in and week out for the NFL season because we know it's a grind. It is a grind. It eats at you. That's why guys like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and other successful quarterbacks throughout the years are special. And that's why you see quarterbacks are one-hit wonders or they have a couple good games, but they can't grind in and grind out every day. Mm -hmm. And it takes work. It takes a lot of hard work. Daniel Jones has looked great. I said it last night. He's special right now. He's doing everything that you could ask for as a Giant fan. Even Shermer said it. I had the quote right in front of me. I mean, he said, if you, yeah. He said, he was asked last night about Daniel Jones, and he goes, listen, you can ask me all you want about why I like him. I think it's time to start asking the people that didn't like him what they think, quite frankly. Listen, we both were shocked when the Giants took him. Well, not completely shocked. I was Because we read the report. Don't say but we, not. I was. But we I, did read the report. I didn't believe it. 
I thought it was fake news. I now, really thought it was fake news. I did not believe that the Giants that were going to take said, him at six. He has looked the best of any of the rookie quarterbacks so far in the preseason. Now, you could you can make all the excuses. The starters of the offensive line have been in there when he's been in there. But no, guess but that's what? That's what you want, right? They need work. That's we are want. trying to build cohesive unit with getting the back front to five. New, getting back if, to the New York Giants football I was reading way. the post. You, you look at They were talking um, – Pulley, John Pulley, the center, was talking. Spencer Pulley. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Was talking about Hernandez, and he was saying how much of a difference he has come from last year to this year. Solder, another year under Shermer's offense, has looked much better. Having Mike Remmers at right tackle has shored up the and right then tackle. Ziedler and then one Ziedler, of the best, we know what one of the he, best guards what, in the league last year. Listen, to have if you, him, if that's you watched a, the offensive line last night, when Eli was in and when Daniel Jones was in. They gave both guys an opportunity to throw the ball. They mm-hmm. gave him time. That's what you want. I don't care if it's ones, twos, and threes. You just want to see them working together so that when September 8th comes in and we go to da- Jerry World and the Dallas Cowboys front four comes against us, they're going to give us time to throw the ball when we need to, and Saquon Barkley is going to do what he does and tear up every defense in the NFL. It's been a very blessing thing to see as a Giant fan. That's all I have to say yeah, with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy, like I said, back in week one. I'm not saying Daniel Jones is in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying that he should be starting. I'm saying that the Giants have a plan going forward, and hopefully, we can only hope that this could be the next franchise quarterback for the New York Giants. That's all I'm hoping for. So if you take it out of context, shame on you because I'm not saying that. I am specifically saying that we have a plan going forward, and this will be the next quarterback of the New York Giants for the next 12 to 15 years. We can only hope. That's what we're hoping for, and it looks like it's going in the right direction. And, he's imp- and, and I'll finish with this, and I know I said it before. He is improving. You see him. Yeah, he's making improvements. Not just the checkdowns. He's, he's going through his reads. There was a throw last night where he hit the deep post on the backside. He looked to the left. He came back to the right. And he hit, and even after the sack, when he got hit and he got fumbled, the next play he steps up he, it, with pressure and he hits Slayton down All the right. sidelines. So it's positivity going forward. Let's move over to our and if you, uh, our second favorite team. Well, if you if you haven't <laughs> if you don't get a chance to listen to today's show, we're streaming YouTube, Spotify, Facebook. Check us out. Subscribe. Follow us. Like us. Comment. Whatever you want to do. Call in as well. Callers are welcome. So I posted a poll the other day about drama, sensitive, and they only give you two options on Facebook. So I couldn't give you a couple more players. I couldn't give you a couple more players. The, I, I want to say, when hold you on. put that thing, I thought it was a little bit miscontent in a different context because I know what you're going to say. You're going to talk about the Zeke and the AB thing. No, but I was also going to No, but I was also going to add there is a couple other players, but do we give Why who are you thinking for other drama? I'm just Melvin asking. Gordon, I OB, OBJ. Can I well, hold on. I was going to ask also part of that question is do the running backs get a pass because of the market of running backs, the value of running backs in today's game that you're not getting paid the money that you want to, but these guys are some of the best in the game. Should we they get the pass and look specifically to the ABs and even the OBJs? Should we be looking at that? I think drama in the sense of a just sensitive, okay, not drama. So here's sensitive. my thing: Melvin Gordon thing is not drama. I don't look at it as drama. It, it's it's produced as drama because he's not there and he wants a new contract. I look at AB crap. That's drama. I look at that like Jersey Shore, reality television, the BS. What about OBJ? 
I do. I think that's drama. But he really hasn't been drama. The drama no, that has been... occurred with OBJ is his mouth talking about the Giants. But yeah, he's just still talking Sorry, about the Giants. I got excited. There's... Well, shush. So, sh- so, the Zeke thing. That's drama in the sense that it's the Dallas Cowboys, and Zeke Elliott hasn't earned the right to deserve another contract. And I said this to you publicly. I mean, not publicly, but when we were sitting home, yeah. and I said, the way I look at it from my perspective— I wouldn't pay Zeke Elliott this year. And you'd say, why not? Ted, he's been one of the best running backs in the last three years. He's won the rushing crown two years out of his first three years. And he probably wouldn't have won his second year if he wasn't suspended. But that's the reason why. He's been in trouble multiple times. He's been suspended. Okay? We know he is either the number one or the second best running back in the league, however you want to define it and however you feel from a, your own opinion. I got a better question but, for you. With that being said, you're under contract for two more years. So what I would say from my perspective is do your job, play all 16 games, don't get in trouble this year, lead the Dallas Cowboys to the playoffs and hopefully a Super Bowl, and and you'll get paid next year. All right. This is what I was going to ask you. We were kind of discussing it. Has the NBA contracts hurt the running back position the most of any position. Not the running backs. Yes. It's the whole entire league. But no, the running back position, because you're... No, I only say the running backs in the sense of you're seeing quarterbacks get paid big money. You're seeing defensive players get paid big money. Running backs no, are the ones... Wait, wait, wait. Well, what players are getting paid? Well, Jalen Smith just uh, got paid big. Okay, so here's... Um, but like, here's the, can I finish my point? Well, I mean, Let me finish my point, and then you can answer the question. I'm saying last year, Le'Veon Bell sits out because he doesn't get a new contract. He wants to get paid. Melvin Gordon could sit out because he doesn't get paid. Zeke is still in a a month. He's in a battle with the Dallas Cowboys to get paid. And he still has two years left on his contract. Is that because of the NBA? And then you look at every other position. Offensive linemen are getting paid each and every time the contracts are getting higher. Receivers are getting paid higher. Is the running back position... Has nothing to do with the NBA. But it hurts hurts them the most. The entire NFL... Players know that the NBA players are making massive contract deals with their teams, okay? MLB players are making mega deals. Now, not as big as what they well, were. running backs but are it not has getting to, paid. Okay, first of all, the running backs have nothing to do with it. Here's the, here's the biggest thing. The most important position in the NFL is the quarterback, so they're getting paid the most. The second most important position, depending on how you look at it, is either your left tackle or your pass rusher. Those are the two most important. You either protect your quarterback or you put pressure on the quarterback to win games. Okay? And the way the game is being defined is the receiver has become the number one guy on the offense. Not the running back, not the tight ends, the receivers. That's why you're seeing Michael Thomas get $20 million. That's why you're seeing Odell Beckham get $19 million. That's why Julio Jones is going to get more than all these guys when it all comes. I think it's kind of unfair. I think it's because really Because the game has become a passing game, not a running game. The last time the leading rusher was Terrell Davis in the league who won the Super Bowl, a team that won the Super Bowl. The running backs are still very valuable and very important. Now, you said the last nine Super Bowls it hasn't had a leading rusher. Doesn't mean the leading rusher, like a top five rusher in the right. league, yep. was not on the team that won the Super Bowl. That, that doesn't mean you can't win a Super Bowl with a top running back. Because when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, and we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys, Zeke is the spoon that stirs the drink for the Dallas Cowboys. Everything is built through him. That's how the Dallas Cowboys built it, this team. But when it comes down to giving— Was that, a, with, Le'Ve- was that with Le'Veon with uh, Pittsburgh? I don't think so. 
Okay. I think How about Le- Melvin? Le- I think Le'Veon Bell. No. no. And, and the reason why I, I say no is because Ben Roethlisberger has been there before, and he is the leader of the pack on that team. Phillip Rivers is the leader of the pack on that team. They have been successful with, before Le'Veon Bell and after Le'Veon Bell. And the Phillip Rivers, they were successful before and after. Dak Prescott is not Ben Roethlisberger and Phillip Rivers. Now, same thing. Kamara is a great running back, but Drew Brees is the spoon that's. It all runs through Drew how about, Brees. How about, how about Saquon? How about Christian McCaffrey? I think, I think in that terms, I think those two running backs. See, I think people would say Cam Newton because of the talent and ability to run and pass. Okay. Right now, the Giants are building a team around Saquon Barkley, and Gettleman said that mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna build a team that can block and protect our quarterback. That's what he said he was going to do when he got there. Well, the offensive line it's looks got, it's definitely a hell of a, a lot, hell of a lot hell better of, than it's been in the last three improve, Definitely a big improvement. Go since check last out the year. post. There was an article on Wednesday. This is probably the best the best Giants offensive line since the Chris Knee era. Era, yeah, the okay? Super Bowl era. Dallas Cowboys, when they drafted Zeke at four, and not Jalen Ramsey, because that was the question: Were they going to draft Jalen Ramsey? If you remember that, they I, needed I secondary. Know. He was the next pick. They drove. They drafted Zeke. They built an offensive line with Travis Frederick and Zach Martin and Tyron Smith and everyone else on that offensive line that seems to be a Pro Bowl caliber player. Doug Free. But Lyle it's Collins. all about the running game. And then Dak Prescott works the play action out of that, uses his mobility, hits the check down with Witten, and now that they have Amari Cooper, now they have a deep threat. Mm-hmm. Okay, Zeke isn't deser- is deserving, but not deserving of now. Okay. And I think it all depends on who your quarterback is. So who has been the most sensitive that you would say? Would it, is it easy? I, is I, it see, all- I don't think it's sensitive is the right word. I think it's stupidity. I think AB's situation... No, hel- that's definitely been okay. sensitivity for, 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 towards, towards, the, towards, towards the helmet. I've never seen somebody be so sensitive about a helmet. What I would say is this. is I mean, Z- to almost Z- consider quitting football is pretty sensitive. Now, this is what I... With the question, it's A-B. The whole story of the A-B crap has been the most sensitive, the most dumbest thing I've seen throughout the, the whole preseason. And really, if A-B, would, A-B could just play the game, I don't know what most of us would be talking about other than Zeke because there really is nothing to talk about. They're literally making up stories about A-B's helmet and frostbite feet. All right, whatever. Guess what? If he shows up September 9th on Monday Night Football at 10 o'clock against the Denver Broncos and performs, who gives a crap? Really, that's all that really matters. Do you produce when the 16-game season starts? Okay. Now, okay. No, I, I, no, that's fine. I, I would decide AB too. I mean, just with the way he's been, but to see these players, especially two running backs. What I would say now, that, do they get the pass because they're running backs and how they're undervalued in the, today's game? Maybe. No, that's absolutely true. Now, yeah. now you look at Jalen Smith. He just got signed by the Dallas Cowboys. It was a love fi- it. Great story. Listen, this kid we thought after he was missing, done. After missing his rookie season, Smith has played 32 straight games with 22 starts. He signed a five-year extension worth $64 million, includes a $35.5 million guarantee. Makes him, I believe, the top three uh, highest-paid guaranteed linebackers in the game, only behind Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner, and um, C.J. Oh. Mosley, who just got signed yes. by the Jets. Keekley's there. Now we've seen you look. Look at those four teams. Though having a stout, star, smart middle linebacker, the quarterback of your defense you know why this- is huge for a team. And I think it was smart for Dallas to sign him early because but, if he was out in the market or after the season when he could have been a possible free agent, they would have had to pay him a lot more. Do you know what? We always like to jump on Jerry Jones and bash him for He's being, made smart moves. But you know what? Jerry Jones is going to end up having all three of these guys on the Dallas Cowboys for the Who? next ten years. The offensive guys. He's gonna. He's gonna. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. gonna. No. He's gonna get everyone signed, and 
that's what's going to make, yeah, we want to bash Jerry Jones all the time, and we always, and there's a lot of people that love him or hate him. He's one of those guys. I do want to quote Jerry Jones because I got two things okay. I want to say after this. He's, he's that type of guy. But to see him get Jalen Smith, and you haven't heard anything from Dak, he's going to get Dak's deal. He's going to get that done. He's going to get Zeke. They made him an offer to be the top two highest paid running backs in the game. He's going to get Amari Cooper. Watch. It's going to happen. The Dallas Cowboys come this year or next year. They will have all of their star-studded big juggernauts. Offense and defensively signed for the next five to six years. They will be fine, and we won't be talking about it anymore. Yes. And this is just going to show the greatness of Jerry Jones and why he's in the Hall of Fame as well. Listen, we might hate they, him. They have we the, might they, hate him, but he. I was listening to the Dallas reporter. They have the money to pay all three guys. You can't deny okay. the greatness of Jerry Jones and, and how and he's so done everything. Here's the two quotes I wanted to take from the all right. from the post uh, the press conference the other day with Jalen Smith. The first one was his. His perspective on Jalen Smith, and I love this. He said he has never complained, and I, I, t- I was listening to everything he said, and I was thinking about what how it relates to Zeke too. He's never complained, Jerry Jones. He has never wavered, never missed a workout. He's never quit, not one time. He is admired by his teammates. He is admired by the people he competes against. His story is one that I would have done anything to be sure that he could be a Dallas Cowboy star. And he actually grew up as a Dallas Cowboy fan, if you did not know that. And it's this it's, was a guy I loved when he came. Oh, out oh my that. God! This kid was a top five pick coming out of Notre Dame. Tragic and unfortunate. Well, it's not tra- it's tragic. But he, but, turned, but he turned triumph. Triumph. And the other quote I wanted to use from Jerry Jones, and I thought it was a perfect story for Zeke and Dak and everyone else who wants the money. It goes, the, the team takes precedent over the demand of the individual, Jones said. The team takes precedent. This was a team move we were talking about with Smith. The, the team takes precedent. I, I have got the backbone to keep it that way. Listen. You want to hold out and you want to play these games with me? Guess what? Go ahead because what's more important is the team moving forward and not you. And that's why Jerry Jones is going to – Is that's why he's in the Hall of Fame because he knows what he's doing. And he's actually yes, started he run- making the right Yes, moves. he runs his mouth and he's made some bad decisions in the past, but he's going to get Dak signed. He believes deep down that's his quarterback. I don't think he gets he, Dak signed before week he one. He wants to wait, though. He wants to wait. He believes deep down, but he still wants to wait. He's going to get Zeke signed. He's going to get Amari Cooper signed. He's going to get all those guys. And for the next five to six years, the Dallas Cowboys will be fine, and we won't be talking about it. We started off with talking Baker Mayfield, talked about the Giants, talked about preseason. So preseason, what is it to me? I think it's completely irrelevant. I think it's just a waste of time. The stars, they don't play. For most of the time, what we're seeing from preseason is guys just trying to make a team. They're trying to survive. Either they're going to get cut or they're going to make the team. That's what it's become for preseason. Yeah, you get rookies play, but you don't get the big-time players playing. And they shouldn't be. Listen, my final take on that is it's going to be obsolete eventually. I watched, I, lo- I watched the games last night. I watched the Giants because I'm a Giant fan. I wanted to see how the guys perform. I looked at the stands, the Bengals. You know, when you when you were a kid growing up, you watched that third preseason game. The starters used to play up into the almost to the middle of the third period. Now the starters are playing maybe a quarter. I mean, look at last night. The Green Bay Packers set out 33, guy, uh, 33 guys out of the preseason game last night. A lot of starters are not even playing. Then you look at last night, Cam Newton playing against New England Patriots should he have played should he have not played you'll you'll say hey he doesn't need to work I would say he does to see how he looked in a real game because coming off an injury he sprains his ankle last last night will he be ready for week one you're seeing more and more the Rams the starters are not playing 
where is the preseason going? I think eventually it's going to look like the Pro Bowl. You're going to see t- – I think realistically the preseason should be two games, maybe three max. You don't need four games no more. The starters are barely playing in any of them anyway, so what the hell's the difference? You're charging people full full price for a ticket. Listen, give the ticket half price. Give it to free. Give it to the kids during the summer. Do something to get people in the stands because people just don't want to go. It's it meaningless. If you're not playing the starters, people don't care. The games are meaningless. You don't care. You're just trying to make money off of them. So, you know, where is the preseason going? I believe in the next five years you're going to see less than three. Less than You'll see three, maybe two preseason games. Just like the preseason. And that's it. Just like the Pro Bowl, the preseason, both of them will be Listen, going. It's, it's it. for the rookies and the, and the 20 or 30 guys that have to try to make the team. And that's it. Eli Manning doesn't need to work. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need to work. Tom Brady, they don't need to work. It, they just don't. Saquon Barkley's not going to play in any of it. You, I know. Maybe give them, guys like you that. You give them not- the mental and the physical reps during practice, and that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking a break. When we come back, we are going to be joined by the fan favorite Joe Aguirre. It's crunch time for the Yankees. No more regular season talk. Dodgers playing the Yankees. World Series preview. What are they going to do come game one in postseason? Starter, opener, Tanaka? We'll talk about that all with Joe in a few minutes. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We will be right back, folks. sports we've got sports here on keys to the city brought to you by all noise radio here's your host trevor and ted and ladies and gentlemen we are back as you can see he's coming back yes yeah, he's talking with people he's, he's a very popular person right now he's he's back joe aguire the president of Glovercrest Media, host of the Road Call. He's back. <laughs> He's back. So good to be here today. There's, are there's, you sure? There's are a are lot. you very happy? There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. Yankees just get yeah, swept and, by and, the A's. And for anybody who's watching, we are going to talk about We're going to talk about the Mets because there's some Mets fans that were very, very uh, dissatisfied last week because we didn't hey. talk about them. <laughs> we will get, if you're watching, we will get to Mets talk. And Joe is going, if you're a Mets fan, you're not going to like Joe's take. So <laughs> stay tuned about that. Did Deep diving on the Mets, and nothing looks good about them. I'll be quite DeGrom honest. Is, DeGrom is 4-0 with a 1.00 ERA since the All-Star break. Hasn't lost right. a game since so June 28th. And guess what? Paxson's 4-0, too, since right. the All-Star break. Right. So, so even though what does that say? Even, <laughs> though we can't, even though we can't pitch in the first inning. So, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. No more regular season talk. I'm yeah. done with the regular season. It's now August. It's going to be September next week. We're getting into the final stages of regular season. That's over with. We're talking postseason. And I think the biggest question going forward for the New York Yankees, who is starting game one? To all New York Yankee you fans, saw my videos it's, kind, it's kind of like the Dan, it's kind of like the Daniel Jones question for jo- Can you stop looking at me like that's I got four? Re- that's, re- that's ridiculous. That, good, good save. 
kick yeah, Sam yeah, Butte right there. Because Ted is a little off. We know Ted. He, Listen. He just likes to go Daniel overboard. Daniel Jones and Eli Man, you're going to relate that no, to No, because that, it's a question that don't we don't. Upset. No, no, don't it's, get it's upset. a question. I'll let Joe fix no, it it's a, no, because it's a question that there are Giant fans, Ted. I'm sorry. There's Giant fans in the world that think Daniel Jones is going to start. You heard it today, Ryan Clark. Adam Shine, you heard people say it. Yankee fans want to know who's starting game one. Is it going to be Tanaka? Is it going to be a reliever? Who's it going to be? Or what's it going to be? I'm going to talk about the regular season for one second. No, no In more. That, reg- hold no, on. No more hold regular on. season talk. I told you last week on this show that the Yankees might well get swept and have a horrible West Coast trip. So let's let's throw that out the window already. Well, I don't care how this trip goes. I have literally no interest. The Yankees had a, a in '96 the first championship of our lifetime. Uh, they had a horrible August West Coast road trip. Okay, mm-hmm. par for the course. I'm fine with that. And the other thing is with this Dodger series coming up, the team that the Dodgers are going to slap around this weekend will not be the team that they see come October. Okay, I'm trying to think who. And think here's that, why. Wait, so you're saying the Dodgers are going to. Beat up on the Yankees. I would think so. The well, Dodgers will win that series and if Oakland, they don't and sweep. Oakland, and Oakland's own owned the Yankees the yeah. last three seasons. They're nine and one against the Yankees at home. But when it mattered in the wild card game, the Yankees but, obviously beat Oakland and, and it was a home field advantage. And, but and that's so important. Yes. And, and that's gonna be important, I think, for this team. Yes, who is need, yeah. who is starting game one? I don't believe the person that's gonna start game one is on the roster right this moment. I don't believe that is the case. You really, so who you think well, he's on the roster, no, but not on the active are you roster. Severino? I believe I believe Severino will start game one. Oh my! And God, I no way. And I think he'll go about three innings, and they're going to turn it over to Dellen Batances, and then they're going to get into the Adovino, well, Canely, Britton, and Chapman. You're going to see. Best, is that the best way to yes. go? Do you think you're going to see a lot of that? So I think two Tanaka guys who haven't and, pitched in six months are going to start game one. Of the I hundred. So, but they're both going to be back mid-September. Severino's going to get into the starting rotation. He's going to get probably three or four starts before the, the, the all is said and done. He's not going to pitch more than five innings in any of those games. Wouldn't you? He's going to give you three outstanding innings. But chances can bridge you to the 22-0 combination of Adovino, Kaylee, Britton, and Chapman. So that's the thing. I think Green's going to start a game. I think Tanaka's going to start a game. I don't think anybody else. Wouldn't you rather, I don't think anybody else wouldn't is you rather see if that was the approach you'd expect of the Yankees? Would you rather see Tanaka go three or four innings, then bring in Sevy for like two innings and kind of save it's that gonna depth matter. in the bullpen it, it's gonna and depend. kind of save the depth. The, the, look, look. <laughs> I think if the Red Sox proved one thing last year, it's when you get to the postseason, you just you do whatever it takes to Man, win. you be quiet Even there. if that means that you ruin Chris Sale for the whole next season, you'll do that. Yeah. So, so don't t- – and, and plus, in these stupid short series, there's the travel day. Hmm. So no one's pitching three days in a row. So, yes, I would expect to see – Canely, Adovino, and Chapman in every single game, period. Every single postseason game, all three of those guys will pitch every single game. Even if it's a for a bad how do doesn't pe- matter, how do people feel they'll about pitch. How do people feel about that take of Joe McGuire saying that Severino will be game one start? I, I completely disagree, but that's Joe's take. It's no problem. I understand where he's coming from. It's a hot the take. Way, now, he's the best starter they have. Is that what you now, thought? By I, virtue of not pitching yet this season, he's proven to be the best starter they see, have. I, I don't Is that think what so. you talked about on the roll call? No. Have you, so, you it's a fresh pitched? take right wow. now. Now, so okay. here's the thing. I posted the two videos. I had Tanaka go in game one, but I'm changing my mind. And, and I was really? Gonna, and that's 
that's what I was going to ask you about. That's your I, guy. I posted the two videos from the Yes Network. And they were talking about Tanaka's numbers in the postseason are good. Yes. They are very good. 150 ERA in five starts. And, and, and I, yes, three and, and, two, and I like what the guy and, said. Tanaka in game one and come back big. with her, and come back with Herman in game two. You want again, look, I like Domingo Germán. Herman. Germán all the time. I, I like yeah. him a lot. What's the matter? I said a couple years ago, 2016, the, the Minnesota uh, oh, wild, wild card game. game with Sevi. And I said, you know, you can't start Severino in that game. Luis Severino, even in Little League, had never pitched in a postseason game. So you don't you want to start him on the road, or would you rather start him home? Or not at all. Herman's got to pitch at home. His numbers on the road are dread. He's got a five six yeah. ERA on the road. He's given up the home. most home runs. I have yeah, right uh, on the thing. Eighteen home runs on the road, nine at Yankee Stadium, and fifty six innings. He's a much better pitcher in the Bronx. I mean, go figure that out. He has given up the most home runs in baseball since July eighteenth, fourteen. The next guy is Matthew Boyd with eleven, and then a bunch of guys that we don't really care about. So. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth. <laughs> he's got a 2.24 ERA at Yankee Stadium, which, again, consider the dimensions and how much people laugh it's about remarkable. that stadium. It's almost like Coors Light. Right. I'm Coors, Coors Light. Yeah. Yeah. What are you trying to say there, bro? And here's the thing. Again, for everybody who wants to say this guy's just getting a ton of run support, well, uh, when he's at Yankee Stadium, he's not giving up any runs, period. Yeah. When he's, he's also road, winning. When he's on the road, he's getting shelled, though. I'll tell you something funny, too. I did a little bit of research on... You research on on uh, Jacob Degrom. Oh my God, Jacob Degrom. How did we go to this already? How did we get I'm already? Only doing he's, a, he's ready to just, just throw jabs just, at the Mets right now. I don't know. I don't want to throw jabs. Yes, you do. Deep down, you do. When Jacob Degrom gets six runs of support he's in a game, he's undefeated. He's four and two with a three eight three ERA. All right. Justin Verlander's got a three nine one ERA, and he's. Nine and two in those starts. So, so my point is, now, get, getting a lot of run support and pitching with a lead is is difficult for everybody because everyone's doing the same thing. I always thought pitchers pitched better when they didn't have a big lead because it made them have to stay focused. Yes. So much more so because every pitch is much more crucial than when you're up 8 nothing. You're like, you know what, if I throw a fastball down the middle and I hit wish, a solo I wish shot. Facebook could give us three options. The post polls is who would be the game one. Severino, I, Tanaka, you, I think you can, but it's in a different thing. If I told you that Herman has better numbers in those close games than Verlander and DeGrom, what I think would you, you say I think you said that last week. You, you did say that because we were talking about the Cy Young candidate stuff and then he comes back and gets shelled. Yeah, so, well, that didn't help my... I made a great argument on his behalf and then he went out I and bet laid people an came back to that article and said, yeah, this is why he shouldn't you know, be Cy Only yet. three or four people now, were like, I knew it! I was reading the post today and I was reading about the Yankee series and they were t- had actually positive takeaways from the Oakland series. Said, now, yeah, even though the Yankees got swept, you got to look at their opportunities when they had runners in scoring position that they did hit in the clutch when it mattered. And the Yankees, I, was, I didn't realize this, the Yankees are leading baseball with a 302 batting average with runners in scoring position. Which is pretty remarkable. They're second in the league with over a 9.06 e OPS, only to the Nationals. Which the I'm 98 surprised. team had a 299 batting average cumulative with runners in scoring position. And so it, this but, team's even a but, little bit better and, than that and I team think in a, the clutch. And I really, truly believe a lot of that has to do with not having guys like Stanton in the th- you know having Geo instead of Andujar. Geo's been more clutch in the sense he, he had Andujar just wasn't as clutch. Gio's having a remarkable season. DJ playing second base, much more close. Glaber's been I thought much, I, I would has been much better. I saw something I'd never thought I'd see this year. What's that? DJ LeMay who go 0 for 5 the other night. He struggled, well, he he struggled is, the other night. He never thought I saw human. that. Never thought I saw that. I would see that coming this year. Yeah. He's been great. 
You know what? He and uh, and Urshela and Glaber Torres are the top three guys with runners in scoring position we'll talk in baseball. We'll talk about the move that Aaron Boone. We'll talk about Aaron Boone in a few minutes. Which is interesting, too, because when we get into the Mets, oh boy. I'm going to tell you some things about okay. their top three hitters that Devi- I think even Mets fans are going to be devastated to hear. Let me ask hear. you about Debbie Garcia. Go ahead, because then I was going to ask you about something. You expect him to come up. Do you expect him to be on the postseason roster? Do you expect him to be a reliever? Is yes. it that obvious? Yes. No starter. I don't. Barry moved him to the bullpen and will again. Could there be a scenario where he pitches a first inning? It'll That's what I'm trying on, to say. I, you wrote that. I said no way. It'll depend. No, look, I said posting as a starter or a reliever. Slow down. Let I, me say all this. Look, Debbie Garcia has got to pitch in a major league game first. Absolutely. As does Severino. As does Batances. Yes. If these guys pitch to their capabilities, then the scenario I explained is a real possibility. If Severino comes up and he can't throw the ball over the plate or he's got a four-and-a-half ERA, then, then throw it out the window. Then it's Tanaka. What pitchers do you think? But I think Severino's going to be fired up and ready to go. So CC Happ and Paxson, one of them is Hap is out, man. Hap's done. CC's done. Yes, yeah, so CC should never pitch again for the Yankees. I agree with that, and I love CC I swear to God, I think he should just be a coach. He's, I said it the last he's, game. He's the perfect starter. First three innings, he's money. No, no I don't want yeah, him. Yeah, he hasn't gone past the third inning in his last four starts. I mean, I don't want him been, pitching. I want I him just happy. Help, help out Boone. Help Boone out. Larry Gottschild, help him Pax, out. Do you know James Paxton's got a 1-2-3 ERA Joe, in the money. second inning? Joe, he's money from 2-6. 2-3-4-5-6, yes. yes. he's money. First inning, he can't get out of the first inning. I said inning. this last week. I might even have said it the week before. I'll say it again. For a team so reliant on analytics. Start, start Chad it's Green. It's so go, obvious give, Chad Green needs to open for him. What is the problem? Or even or, or, uh, Tommy Kanewin. Anybody. I mean, he is probably, and they were saying it the other night, he's probably been their most consistent and best reliever from day one this whole season. He uh, really has been money all if year. If Dellen Batances comes back, I think Dellen Batances would make a perfect opener. I don't know how he would handle the opener. I think he would be... Because look, his his seventh inning role is gone. The sixth inning is gone. Eighth, ninth. He's not pitching the fifth. Eighth and ninth are, are done. Well, he could pitch the fifth if you say, like you said, give me four innings out of my starter. He goes fifth, six, seven, eight. Not you know what I mean. Can Just, you imagine though him pitching the first inning? With those nasty sliders, the hundred mile an hour fastball. Control, if he can, has control, he that's, he's, the, he's that's what hit, I'm saying. He's a hit but, or miss but, sometimes. But, with but that. so hold on, again, in th- a perfect this, world, this yes. is where Yankee fans get stupid. I'm not calling you stupid. But I, this is okay the Yankee fan are. mentality. We assume Sevy and Patan's going to come back and suck, and there's no reason to think that. I'm 50, Zero reason I'm, to think I'm that. I'm 50-50 until I see him in a real game. 50-50? Well, here's the thing. Dude, he's 26. He's a four-time All-Star. 50-50? Get out of here. Who? Are you serious? Who, How Batanz? do you know he's... You think Dylan Batances, it's 50-50. Yes, he's because... That's you, insane. You know that makes zero because sense. Because he's had plenty of months no. where he's struggled. You know he's th- Absolutely he, you not. You know he's not 26. He's 30-something years old. Dylan Batances? Look it up. No, look that I, up. Okay. Look it up. You guys talk. I'm look looking it up. It up. I'll, I'll, yeah. Get up. <laughs> go, go ahead. I'll look Do it. it. Go ahead. Do it. I go just, ahead. I've seen him go through such bad shit. He's still a four-time All-Star for middle no, league, I know. And he's insane. And he's, and and he's, he's a homegrown product. Here's my thing. He, he He's either hot or cold. When he's hot, he's probably one of the best relievers. When I hold he is? 31. No. Yes, I swear, swear to God. God. I, I know it's God. Wikipedia, but it's there. He's thirty-one. And, and they somebody st- else checked that out. Joe, that Joe, Joe. Right. They said this. How like, long has he been here? Has it been he came six in, years? Yeah, yeah. Was he twenty-five? 
Did know, he get the Aaron Judge treatment? Did he also come up late in life? I'm telling you, he's, he's got a young. birth certificate. He's not. <laughs> he's not young. I'm like you say most of these guys in the Dominican, they lie. They go younger. <laughs> what is he doing? He went older. How's he doing? Well, he's, kinda, he's been on the team since 2011. No, by the yeah. way, Steve Risser, Batanzas doesn't get the seventh inning. You, you you don't you don't just give it to him. Canely, Adovino, and Britton and Chapman have been unbelievable. They have, I mean, look, if that was the Mets bullpen, maybe DeGrom would have 10 wins this year. He did last you like year. That? He did last you year. Like he that? Young, baby. Ooh, that was good. No, he, it's. <laughs> <laughs> you can piece away any, however you see fit because you have the so Yankees many. The Yankees are going to have to patchwork their, their rotation together. They're going to have to get to the sixth inning to get to the big boys. I don't care how they get through the six. I don't as care long who's as they pitching. Get there. It's going to be the hot hand. It's going to be whoever, whoever is pitching well. Yeah. That's fine. I, I, and say, I think you have to do that with the bats. To say Batanzas or Severino, it's 50-50, is ridiculous. They both have proven track records oh, no. of success. Well, he, and when I say 50-50, Joe, and I'll, I'll try to explain it in this way, they're both coming off injury. Sure. They're there's both, a chance they're both, they could be They terrible. are both, when gotcha. they are on, they're Severino both. is one of the five best pitchers in baseball, and Batanzas is either the oh. second or third best co- Relief pitcher in all of baseball. You can, mm-hmm. I, and I think the Yankees have all three of them. However, you want to see it. it's Chapman, Batances, and whatever other guy you want to put in as the top two. When Batances is on, he is money. Okay, when that slider is actually hitting the strike zone and he's hitting 99 to 100 miles an hour on his fastball, there's might no one be better. That's true. Okay, he might be better than Chapman. You can make that argument. He's not, he has some nasty but stuff. You've also seen him where he at his worst hit his strike zone, and in the first inning, yeah, the, the, no, I know, I know. It comes mid-season after being overused <laughs> for no, months. He hasn't thrown a ball all year. But when I say 50-50, he's coming off injury. So if he can prove it, yes. You but tell me 80-20, and I'll I'll go with what you're saying. Okay, maybe 60-40, but. 70-30. My problem Just is... Just say Jonathan Holder to him and he'd be happy. Well, here's my, <laughs> what I worry about, and yeah. the realistic is, he starts one game, he starts game one, or say game three, right? And he's going to be the opener. And he just doesn't have it that night. And next thing you know, it's four or five walks. Or it's like three walks and a hit, and you're like, damn, you're already down two nothing. It's like, that's not the opener I'm, you want. Now, it can happen with I'm anyone. I'm not going to lie. A Seve, uh, the Patances combo, like game one or something, would be... Dynamite. Nice. And if they're hitting their pitches, I also like they got Jack command Reed of their fastball, command of their slider. Have, that's oh, I also have scary. plenty of time to see both before that's we scary. get. And here. I also think Aaron Boone's got to do that. And we haven't oh, talked about speaking it. Of is Aaron with Boone. hold on one second. Is with the hitters. I know he's going to play the, the. They said it last night, Torres. I understand you want to keep balance in the lineup. But you got to have your hottest hitters playing. He's one of your hottest hitters and, and I best wa- players on the team. So I mean, it's good to see Judge actually hit a pull home. I'm run. sorry, but Brett Gardner should not be starting over or freaking Glaber Torres. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I like why Gardner. Why he was hitting in front? Now, of him. why he's again, batting was- six is beyond me. Uh, well, well, I mean, we'll talk about it, but they're overthinking uh, it. Uh, Carnacion's going to be coming freaking back. Analytics, and, man. Uh, so, quick question for both of you: Carnacion's coming back. Stanton's coming back. Who's it, the agent? Who's the agent? And does Tachman go away? Does Tachman go down? Does he not make the postseason roster? Does maybe not make the? I'm just asking because I, no, I know, versatility, I know what you're saying. I know what you're that's saying. That's all. My, like who is going down? Because when you look at the numbers, and I sent you that is little article, is it really oh, yeah. a good? Is it really a good problem to have for the Yankees? Because, sure. Because of the fact that these guys have been playing so good, Tauchman's been killing it the past month or so. Is it really a good problem to have when these guys are hot and you're having guys? I know come someone back would say I'm stupid to say that we stand off the postseason no, roster. No, 
roster. Why, I wouldn't because leave you'd be all. like, how can you pay a guy that much? I but I leave, would be well, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave Just like all. with Severino and Batances, what Stanton does, assuming, Once he comes back. assuming he does come back, if he's not hitting, then it's going to make the decision a little bit more yeah. difficult. Could you actually see the Yankees not having him on at least the first series of the ALDS postseason if, roster? If he comes back and goes one for 30 with 18 strikeouts, it's a no-brainer. You yeah. tell him, sorry, kid, maybe second round. <laughs> wow. That's a bold move. What, no, I, I, you're, I, 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 you're not going to cost yourself a championship for an ego. Exactly. And I'll tell you what, what they did to Miguel Andujar last year in the elimination game against the Red Sox tells me that the Yankees aren't afraid to tell anybody you're going to have to that sit That is a good point. That is a very good point. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. That's a good point. Speaking of Aaron Boone, I'm glad you brought up Aaron Boone. Just the, you, you've seen recently him getting ejected, being more like – Outspoken, where we saw last year, he was calm. He wasn't really. He was new to it. But this year, he's he's defended his teammates or his players. I wanted to know to fans, to the organization, to even around the league, what is Aaron Boone's reputation as the New York Yankee manager right now? How do you feel about Aaron Boone and as a fan? Well, how would you think around the league as well? Uh, you didn't read the post. There was a great article on this the other day. I'm sorry. They've related him to Bobby Cox the same oh, way. Wow, okay. that's uh, there's a, there's a great a lot. I'll put, it's all a favor, right? Okay, okay, so, that's a lot and of I'll, and I'll, and Before you give your answer, I'll explain why. They said when Bobby Cox was the manager for the Braves, he was on the umps. From the beginning to the end, he was working the umps like a basketball coach does on the basketball court. You wanted to get every inch for his pitchers because his pitchers, like Glavin and Maddox, were guys that worked the corners. So every inch mattered to his pitchers the same way he mattered for his hitters. Mm-hmm. The way Boone protects his players is the same type of thing. They're savages. He but, you is, but you didn't see it last no, no, year no, as I know, much. Because this you're looking. You, yeah, I know. You're getting familiarized. He understands the game he's he's doing everything in his power to protect his team he knows what type of hitters he has on this team he knows that every kid on that team I shouldn't say kid but guy on that team is a legit 300 hitter and a great hitter and every inch and every time they get screwed by an ump who calls a pitch that's five inches outside the play he's gonna yell at him because he's gonna earn that pitch because not only does he want it the next time for his hitter but when his pitcher goes out there he wants that pitch called correctly what's your take I think he's, look around the league, he's highly regarded. Obviously, being a third generation major leaguer, you know, knows the he, game, knows the game really well. It, you know, knows the analytics. Is he very reliant on analytics? But but then again, I'm winning. Mean, they got the best record in baseball this year. They won 100 games last year. What can you argue about? Winning him? always, right. like you always said, winning always erases everything else. If if he's doing a bad job, I I don't understand how. Tell me what manager had 30 sign injuries this year? Right. Oh my God! Yeah. Well, again, yeah. this this is all part of the argument where the Yankees' starting rotation isn't great. Well, tell me what the perfect team in baseball is. I'm curious. Oh, is it I the know. Dodgers with with that shaky back end of the bullpen? The Astros. Is it? Is it the? I mean, is it the, the Astros? Astros? You think the Astros? How's that middle relief? I wouldn't looking? say the perfect team. I know people. There, would say there is, that no, I, there is no perfect team. Every team's got issues. Yeah. The Yankees happens to be starters, and it's something you can get around in 2019 because baseball of, because of your bullpen. Yes, because of how great that and, and bullpen. When, and is. the bullpens makes up for the rotation. And when you got six or seven guys that are legit aces in the hole that any team in the baseball would love to have as their closer. I mean, Yankees have six closers where were, on their teams. Where you don't you, think Brandon would closer a team? You don't think Adovino? You don't where think would Tommy you put Boone above, among the ranks of managers right Top now? Top three. He's definitely 
I mean, I, I would say he could very well be the best. The best in terms of, look, when you look at what he did this year, when you look what he had to do last year when the Red Sox were running away with it, and the Yankees were still able to, to still win they were able to games. hang and win 100, 100 games. And he I does mean, it for the New York Yankees. Correct. The, the, With no experience prior to that. I think people, I think his, his reputation is growing. From last year, he was kind of the quiet boy, the quiet man. I love this it. Year, I, I love like, everything he's, he's very outspoken. Doing. It seems like each and at least once a week, Be, we get we get an Aaron Boone appearance Trev, of him getting maybe ejected. Because they said <laughs> when they, people thought the first perspective of Aaron Boone was we're getting Joe Torre 2.0. This ain't Joe Torre 2.0. This is Aaron Boone 1.0. This is, this is a combination of balance. more fire a, than Gerard. Joe Torre, though, was also very um, into the numbers game. Yes. He was, uh, you know, in, in, before analytics was a thing, he was very analytically driven uh, on, on matchups and percentages. So another, yeah, another how many, good how, comparison. Yeah, because how many times did Joe Torre pull guys for just a guy? He'd bring in Graham Lloyd for a guy. See you later. He'd bring in Nelson and Stan. He would always be using guys or, right. or you'd let guys Whatever ride. baseball law dictated was At the, the way time. he is the should, Right. Should we uh, talk about the Yankees-Dodgers or do you want to go no. in your Mets? No, we're going to skip the Yankees-Dodgers because really it's a Hollywood series this year and hopefully, gonna be we'll, and hopefully gonna, we see this in a month and a half. Well, I was going to ask him, do you want to go off on your – Mets, our second favorite team. The yeah, Mets. look, I'm, I'm, Mets fans, I'm, if you're watching, here comes your Mets talk. <laughs> so the Mets are 67 and 60. They're on a five-game winning streak, which of course means when the winning streak started, they were two games over 500. Wow, 19, 19 the best five, team in baseball. 19 and five since July 25th. So what? I know. I, listen, so what? They're hot. Everybody gets hot. I know Cleveland won what 23, 24 straight games, and it helped them get to the. The World Series. I'm not saying the Mets are making the World Series. They're a game and a I'm, half back. Listen, they're the way I'm looking at and I wrote all this stuff down. I said, indeed, while the Mets are 19-5 since July, they're hitting 283. They're scoring almost 5.75 runs a game. Their pitching has been terrific with a 3.24 rear array. The best in majors in that span. Guys are stepping up. But you think about this. On July 12th, the Mets had lost to Miami and fell 11 games below 500. I'm just saying if you're a Mets fan, it's got to – listen, to be talking about the Mets on August 23rd is got to be such a, favorite a of Mets relief fans. And, and a happiness because they they're beat, excited. They beat the White Sox, Pirates, Oh, they, they've been beat up on a lot of bad teams. The Marlins, right. They, they, they They're just, taking advantage of their schedule. They, right. They just finished playing a Cleveland team that, since the Yankees series, hasn't looked very good at all. They swept them, which was nice. Jacob deGrom um, is 8-1 and one in 10 starts with a 1-1-6 ERA in games he wins. Very impressive. Wow. In, in, seven, in the seven losses, his earned run average is a 6-5-7. My girlfriend said, be nice to the Mets. I'll be nice to the Mets. <laughs> she's a she's a Mets fan. So I'll, I'll even do you a favor. I'll Jeff, talk slower for the Mets fans. So Degrom has pitched like a Cy Young contender. He's got in a one five five ERA in ten no decisions. Four no record. The Mets seven starts. The Mets bullpen is god awful. Well, they it's going to yeah. continue. They're not. They're just not a good enough team. They've got a lot of good players. They do. They're not a good enough team. Noah Syndergaard. Who's got a, a three war, and they wanted they wanted Glaber for this guy. They Hilarious. Beat, he almost had a uh, no hitter last night. Three and two and eight starts since the break with a one eight two ERA. Fantastic. Six and one and thirteen starts and a five one three ERA when he gets six runs to support him more. See, everybody's got that. Not not just Domingo Herman. He's got a four fifty ERA in his ten no decisions. So more often than not, Syndergaard actually doesn't get the job done for the Mets. So. 
I know he's pitched well the last couple weeks. That hasn't been the case for most of the year. Marcus Stroman got a three a 3.3 war, 7-11 on the season with a 3.18 ERA. Amazingly, first half ERA 3.18, second half 3.18. He's got a 4.58 ERA in August. Great acquisition by the Mets. Um, he is got a 4.74 ERA in his 11 losses. 0-9 with a 3.95 ERA when he gets two runs of support or less. So when it's a close game, Strowman loses every single time in spectacular fashion. It's just been a combination of good things. Good hitting right now. I'm, they're they're hot. Listen, I, I said really, the numbers. I'm, they're batting 283 and scoring almost six I'm runs a really game. So ruined. that helps. It's going great right now. The, pitch, I'm really the pitching ruined. is great. And the bullpen, it's remarkable that they're they're winning these games because the bullpen has been Guys, I'm really awful. rooting for the Mets to get to the point. I really am. Because your girlfriend will be happy. No, I want to see the Mets get to I would the playoffs. Want to I Joe, I'd want to at least see them in that one-game wild card. Because think about Ready? it. You can, go, you, you can go DeGrom no, three because you know why? Syndergaard three no, innings. You know why? Because New York sports has had hit such a dark cloud that they need some. I want to see good for the New Yankees York sports. The Yankees have a 99.9% chance of making the postseason. Yeah, no, yeah, they, they don't have to win like a The couple. Mets are at 50%. So you're saying, according to, according to Ted Keyes, that Devin Batance is pitching well and the Mets making the postseason are on par with the – you think those are even? The way the Mets are playing right nah, now. you're out of your mind. Severino right. still hasn't pitched Here's enough. why they're going to – here's why the Mets aren't going to advance. Uh, Pete Alonso, a 4-4 war on the year. Fantastic. 280, 30 home runs, 60 at RBI at the break. 40 home runs. Slow down. That was at the break. Oh, okay. 235, 10 dingers since the break. A 235 hitter. He's a 248 hitter with runners in scoring position. He's a 196 hitter with two outs and runners in scoring position. He's got a 216 average in high leverage situations, a 290 average in low level situations. Pete Alonso is not clutch. Neither is Jeff McNeil. He's got a 4-3 war, 3.49 average in the first half, hitting 287 in the second half. Not better than DJ LeMahieu. Nice try, though. He does have a 298 uh, batting average and two outs and runners in scoring position, but for a guy hitting 332, he does, not like, he does not like the Mets. For a guy hitting 332, when it matters, he's a regular kind of hitter. And Michael Conforto, the only other guy on this team with a uh, war over two, he's at a 28, uh, is hitting 220 over the last month, 257 for the month of August. A 256 average with two outs and runners in scoring position. Again, a 238 average in, in, in low leverage situations, 290 uh, in high, 297 in low. So the Mets are delivering when it doesn't matter. I went through all these guys' numbers. When the Mets are up, these guys are all superstars. When the Mets are losing or when the Mets need a big hit, they're not getting them. Well, J.D. JD Davis is right now in the last 100, 100 bats has been batting 380. He's leading the NL in batting average in the last like month They'll and They'll catch up there. And then Rosario isn't too far as batting second with 371. Listen, guys are stepping up. I, I, you They're know, hot. I started watching the thing. McNeil's been on Nemo's coming off of uh, – he had um, – uh, Bolgen Dick, there's, so he's on injury. They're gonna get certain players back. Okay. There's three teams in the NL East right now fighting for that. I, I think it's great. Card. Now he, the NL East stinks. Now here's the thing. The last good, time, it's good balance. Now though. here's the thing. The it's last time good balance. Degrom balance is a nice way to say everybody stinks. Now the last time Degrom lost was June 28th against the Braves. He's pitching tonight against the Braves. They got a three-game series against the Braves. Let's see if it continues. Listen. They got the majority of the games. They have 36 games left, I believe. 
24 of them are at home. They have the sixth best winning percentage, winning at home, 127 uh, games. Uh, or baseball record at home. Last so, week against the Braves, they barely got, they almost got swept. I almost. mean, it took a, 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 a late comeback in the third game to not get but swept they, by the Braves, who are a better team than the Mets. But they are, it's kind of, so that's what it is. It is 36 games. They have 24 games left in the regular season at City Field. They have the sixth best home winning percentage. Dodgers have number one, Astros, Yankees, Cubs, A's, Mets, and then the Indians. Listen, they're going to have home field advantage. They're going to have an easy schedule. Hopefully, they- and they'll still blow it because they the Mets. Well, they have blown. I, they have blown. <laughs> historic. Too. Historic. They've done it in historic fashion. What? It's the Mets, and again, they were trying to relate this hitters, team. Their best hitters are not clutch hitters. They're all young guys. Yeah, they should be good for the future. They got yes. Listen, you got Degrom, you got Strowman, you got Syndergaard. All three young pitchers that you can build off of, and then, like you said, you have McNeil, you have. Um, Alonzo, you have guys there. You know, you make a couple good moves here and there. You don't know what your future holds. It's a remarkable that the Mets are in the position that they are in, good considering how bad uh, their bullpen is. Yeah. And they were. I 11. disagree. I think I think the Mets have such an amazingly talented team. They're young. Do you like Callaway? I'm sorry to ch- cut you off. Do I you don't. Like- I think he's the worst. I don't know. I, I said it a couple weeks ago. I was on vacation. We talked about it. I thought he should have already been fired. See, I don't think a lot he belongs of people in have, New York A lot of people have related him with Francona because he was his pitching coach for five years in Cleveland. That's where the relationship built. They, that's what I've been they do that with Belichick guys all the time, too, though. And how does that usually pan out? Listen, you're, at the end of the day, I always think the players I'm have happy, to I'm, perform. Look, I'm happy. If your players don't perform, yes. like, but Belichick players, has Tom Brady. But and, they're not performing. No, I know. Right and now they and are. And they're not coming. They've been hot for a couple weeks. Calm down. We talked about Gio Rochella in May yeah. and June, and I was like, slow down, pump the brakes, pump the I brakes. I was on them. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to say it. Same thing with Luke Voigt. I was like, ah, let me see some more. I'm just saying, dude, like I was right 25, on I was 25 right on good games in a 162-game stretch. I, I'm not impressed. But uh, This is how the Mets should be playing. The Mets have much more talent, I believe, than the Braves do. And they don't match up well with the Braves at all. Well, they have a better pitcher, Seth. I would. I mean, if the Mets pitchers are on, you can. They're probably the best one, two, three, and you can make argument. At least an argument. But to close out the game, game they can't do it, and that and they generally don't come up with big clutch. So hits. the perfect team would be the Mets starting roster, the Yankees bullpen, and the Yankees hitters. Yes, <laughs> if you could combine those teams, boy, oh boy, New York would win a championship just, for sure. I just every want, year. All in all, I just want to see New York sports. Perform I, well because and I have a lot of I have a lot of Mets fans. It's been a struggle for Met for Mets fans. The, Yan- the Yankees, fans. Giants, Jets, Rangers. It's been a struggle Listen, for. They're New not York working sports. on their golf game right now. They're playing good baseball, and it's good to see. And you could see the excitement in the cr- in the crowd and the fans just in general in New York. I just wanted to see New York sports be successful. In the end, that's what I want. Hey, maybe okay. We'll see- hey, that's Joe, <laughs> we said you said we could have a Subway Series again. Why not? Sixty-seven and sixty. It's hard. Hard for me to get excited about that. And again, it took a five-game winning streak to get them there. Time Congratulations. Will- I mean, it's something to build on. Again, they've got a great base. Cool they kept all the pitchers. It made sense bringing Stroman in. Maybe maybe 2020, they can kind of turn the corner and, and start to become a respectable franchise again. But m- my point is this. The Mets haven't suffered major injuries this year. Right? Nope. Not like the Yankees. Not like the Yankees. Uh, uh, who's the outfielder that everybody hates? Big mouth. 
What's his face? Oh, uh, Cespedes? Cespedes. Cespedes. Other than Cespedes, they, I mean, I- injuries happen. But he really... never even played day one. So oh, I understand that, right? Yeah. So it, it's not even like they've even missed it. But when you look at what the Yankees have had to overcome, and you look what they've done with the rotation that they have, and even with the struggles they had with some of the guys in the bullpen at various times this year, Everybody wants to go nuts because the Mets have been good for three weeks. Are you kidding me? I, I think the, the Yankees get disrespected and well, because it's the Yankees and underestimated because the Yankees are expected to win and the Mets everybody. are not. It's because it's because it's the Yankees. I understand that. That's it. I understand I, 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 that, yeah. but I'm not ready to sit here and start they, singing their praises because they, are, they played good for three weeks. I don't care what anybody. They are the most hated franchise in all of sports. And I'll tell you, and I'll put more it th- hated than the Dallas so, Cowboys. And I'll end it on this franchise. In all I think sports. what Joe just said it gave me the idea. I think it has now proven you can have all the best starters you want in the world, like the Mets do. If you don't have the bullpen, it's not going to make a difference because it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And it's proven that the Yankees starters are not good, but they have the best bullpen, and that's why they have 83 wins and the Mets don't. Since, 26, uh, since 2001, only the 2016 Cubs have had the number one rotation in baseball, statistically speaking, and won a World Series. So it does. So it's better to have the bullpen. It's than better to have a balanced team that yeah, can score thing. runs, has a, has a closer, and can get you through five innings. I think they thought that they had that with Diaz, but that's... A, well, again, right? And this is the thing about the Mets. They went out and got Diaz. They, they because last year we all we heard about was how bad the bullpen was. Maybe it's just that the Mets suck. Maybe you could put anybody in that role and it wouldn't work out. I don't know because I don't care enough about the Mets to really think too much on it. I'm just telling you what I see and what I know. Congratulations to the Mets. You're the champions of the last three weeks. Ladies, How does that feel? Ladies Good? and gentlemen, we're, we are... Wait, one Joe. more thing. What's up? 2016, Astros win the World Series. Jose Altuve beats Judge for the MVP. Last year, Red Sox, right? Mookie Betts. This year, the Yankees look like they could take it. And now suddenly it's Trout. Everybody wants Trout to win it again. The anti-Yankee bias is so unbelievably ridiculous, it's not even funny. Again... 2009, Granky wins to Cy Young despite CC's 19 wins. The next year, they give it to King Felix despite CC's 21 wins. The year after that, Verlander wins 24. Not only does he get to Cy Young for it, MVP. Yankee bias is ridiculous. Don't tell people that because we just think that we buy all our players to win. Hasn't done that in the past. That's what the uneducated say. You know who you are. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Joe Aguirre signing off with Keys to the City. Joe, have a great weekend, my friend. We'll Thank see you. you. We'll see you next week. Great to be on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have another fan favorite calling in. It's that time of year again. The Kanish, big old Chaz, is calling in to talk some college football. It's Ted's Gators versus the U. Who's going to win in the Battle of Florida tomorrow? We'll talk about that with Chaz in a few. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We'll be right back, folks. You're listening to Keys to the City, brought to you by All Noise Radio. Here's your host, Trevor and Ted.
And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. Chaz will be joining us as soon as possible. But ladies and gentlemen, college football, week zero, as they call it now, starts tomorrow. Now there's a couple games tomorrow, but the big one is Ted's Gators. I'm surprised, Ted, you're wearing the Keys to the City shirt because I thought you'd be supporting uh, your Florida Gators. I I'll, thought be, you, I'll be wearing I, some Gators stuff tomorrow. I, oh, of course you will. I thought you'd be wearing – I mean, you do have a Miami – Jersey. That's only because it's Sean Taylor. But you do have the Tebow jersey. I have like I have two Tebow jerseys. What are you going to be wearing tomorrow? For the night game? No, Ted. For the 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 morning game. What kind of question is that? What kind of answer is that? Well, I'll be wearing my referee stuff for the morning stuff. Well, I know that, but what are you going to be wearing? Do you have your uh, outfit planned out? You nah. should get a whole Gators thing. No, nah, I don't have. I don't have an outfit. Should go get the Gator suit. Are you excited? I'm. I'm. First of all, I'm excited because it's college football time. This is such a – for us, this is such a great time of the year between baseball and then college football. And I love college football. And I love the Giants. Giants are my favorite team. Don't get me wrong. Favorite sports team, yeah. But when it comes down to college football, there's nothing better. I mean, because there's so many great games, the pageantry. The, you know, people don't understand. I love the Giants, but it's a different feeling. Like, if you went to college and you you were – into sports and they, there was nothing better than supporting your college nothing better teams. than watching 3.30 on a Saturday at CVS or ABC See, and you're watching one or of the big 7 o'clock ESPN the night ABC, game yeah. it's, it's unbel- Virginia Tech walks oh, out to yeah. enter Sandman Clemson comes out they do the bus there thing. he is here he is the I, hear the, I hear the phone Kanish Kanish are you there I'm here, buddy. Oh, loud and clear. Loud I love and I love clear. It. He is back. Charles Ladies and Reaper. gentlemen, the Kanish, the legendary big old Kanish is back to talk his yearly bets. And then we got a big one tomorrow. I know there's a couple games down the road, but Chaz, first before we get there, are you excited for college football to be back? Uh, I'm excited uh, as long as uh, – yeah, I'm excited because I could bet on it again. I, I'm excited about anything coming up that I could throw a bet on. I, I bet which two horses, which one was going to – I can't swear, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, figure I know. it out. Hey, um, I was going to say, they had a thing, Chaz. I, I don't know if you saw it. They had an article about college football, and they said that Vegas wins their most money in the first month of the summer – I mean, uh, the season for college football betting, and then – then they go 50-50 once October, November. I swear to God. Really? They win 75% of things, their games, early in the season because of the, you know, people not knowing who's going to perform and how things are going to pan out. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of turnover in coaches too, right? And, and, and player turnover too. Who's going to step up? Who's going to be really good? And plus, don't forget too, you have huge lines too, right? In the NFL, yeah. you know, 95% of the time, the line isn't going to come to an effect. Where in college football, the lines are a lot larger when you have 45, 50-point spreads on some of these games. You know, it, it's, it's going to be harder for the retail better to, uh, to win. Well, Chaz, before you go, I want to get your – I'll get your college football predictions, who you think is going to win. Is it – isn't the inevitable – that it's Alabama and Clemson again this year. Well, you know me. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Michigan's gonna win the national championship because of my love affair with Jim oh, Harbaugh. Come on, man. That's get off. Get off that. Get off. No way. He's not. J- a fan. J- come on. He loves Jim Harbaugh. Every year he talks about Jim Harbaugh. Talk about a guy that's on a hot seat. Please, let's stop talking about Michigan. Shea Patterson. Let's stop talking about Michigan. Please. They this first, is Michigan they, year, Trevor. You oh, I know. Every year. every this year is, it's Michigan. Ever since playoff. Jim Harbaugh has been the coach, every year is Michigan's year. They got to get by Ohio State and stop getting slapped around, okay? Because if you're gonna put, if you're gonna get beat like that, like you did last year, I'm sorry. 
I'm not hearing it. I want to see it done. Prove prove me wrong then if you're going to do it because I'm sick of Jim hearing the Harbaugh, Michigan talk. Jim Harbaugh will not lose to a rookie head coach oh. and a transfer quarterback. Big Blue will be in the college football playoff. I can't wait for that week. Year. Come on, you're out. You're out of your mind. Hey, we'll see. It's gonna you're, be. Good. You're crazy about that. I, but I love every year. I love that you. Uh, you have your favorites. You do have your favorites. So Florida, the U tomorrow. Florida's a touchdown favorite. What are you expecting from tomorrow's game? How do you see this game playing out? Which quarterback? Remember, we all thought Tate Martell was going to be the starting quarterback from Miami. That ain't happening. Florida. It's all about the hype. They're a top 10 team. They could be a dark horse to get into the playoff. Are we going to finally see Florida take that next step and get him back to national prominence? Trev, let me tell you something. I'm excited about starting this, this year off with a win. Last year, my handicapping was a lot like your dating life. A little bit erratic. Wow. But I came out okay at the end. Damn, bro. I was the one that told you Clemson was good all year. And I put my money where my mouth was in the national championship. It's part of the Ten Commandments of Gambling, baby. If you like <laughs> the underdog, you need to believe that they will win on the field. Who needs to spread when you have that money line, baby? And Trev, it's the end of August, which means Ted is trying to lose a few pounds before trying to squeeze into his referee uniform. Stripes are supposed to be slimming, but I don't know. Basic biatches everywhere are guzzling their last few white claws while dreaming of pumpkin-spiced everything, and college football season is finally upon us. Big man, the Hurricanes are like our current president. Overblown expectations and full of hot air. They talk, but they can't walk the walk. The schedule this year is very favorable. No Clemson, and they have Virginia Tech and Virginia at home. This is a marquee matchup of the weekend. All eyes are going to be on Jacksonville, and a win over their in-state rival would start the Diaz era off with a bang. However, let's not forget that the Gators had a huge breakout year in Dan Mullen's first season last year. Expectations are high in the swamp mm -hmm. as Florida fans expect not only to compete in the SEC race, mm -hmm. but potentially seek by Georgia and win it. A win over the Hurricanes will prove last year's 10-2 record wasn't a fluke, and their lofty 2019 expectations are justified. So you ask me who's going to win and why? One word, power, power, power. I know Florida lost three starters from last year's offensive line, but their running game got it going last year, like the German Panzers <laughs> cruising over the Ardennes. They finished the season hitting the 200-yard mark nine times and averaged more than five yards a carry. That hurricane front seven is going to melt in the Florida sun. I don't think Duran Williams and the Miami offense will generate enough big plays to compete with Florida's power running game. This game will be close. Don't pull a Timmy Q and start sweating the bet out in the first half. <laughs> it may be tied at halftime, but Florida will pull away late to cover the spread by 10. Chomp, chomp. I'm laying the seven, baby. What are you expecting from this Florida team? Like this, Because they're coming in with the high expectations. They're trying to compete for an SEC title and maybe even a dark horse in the college football playoff. Do you think the hype gets too much for Florida again? I mean, these are two teams every year. It seems like the three Florida teams, along with Florida State, we always are hyping them up, and they fail miserably well, in expectations. Because of the names of the schools. Do you expect Miami or Florida to get back 
to that national dominance, not even prominence, but domination, dominating the SEC and for Miami, dominating the ACT. Do you expect that this year from one of these teams? And if no. and if Florida, say Florida wins tomorrow, are they on the right track to getting to a college football playoff? And if Miami wins, are they coming back to being the old Miami? I mean, what do you expect from either one of these teams this year? Uh, I'm, I'm low on both of them. I think that Dan Mullins is a really good coach. Um, I think that the biggest problem for Florida and Teddy knows this better than anybody growing up as a Gator fan. They had elite quarterbacks with Chris Leak and Tim Tebow. And since those two guys have really graduated from college, they really haven't had a, a great quarterback. And that's been kind of the, the, the thing that has separated them. And if you look at the teams that they have just really couldn't compete with, the Alabamas, the Georgias, those guys had much better quarterbacks over the last five to ten years. And for Florida, I just do not think that they match up um, well with Georgia. And it is Georgia's, you know, it's Georgia's division to lose the SEC East. Miami, I think the biggest problem with Miami right now is, is it's just they're too young. Diaz's first year. I, I think a bowl game out of them would be a good year. So do My you, sleeper team is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Watch out for Scott Frost in his second everyone's year. Everyone's on him. Everybody's on there. Taylor Martinez, Adrian Martinez. Oh, you you don't expect Felipe Franks to I mean he's closed out the season pretty well last year. You don't expect him to continue that uh, that elite status at the end of the year that he was to maybe be in the quarterback that Florida's been wanting for years. You don't expect that from him this year? No, because he closed down the end of the year with a power running game and he had four he had he, he, the Florida Gators are missing four guys from their offensive line. And I think that a lot is going to be on his shoulders and I do not think that Franks is the type of quarterback like a Fromm, like a Tua, where you could put the game on his shoulders and he can drive you down the field. Is he the key for the Florida Gators to compete for an SEC title and a, and a possible college football playoff berth? If Franks plays above average to, to great, Florida Florida's in the, in, in, the, in the four, in the playoff, and they could beat Georgia. But without play from the quarterback position right now, I mean, if, if you look at Georgia right now, what separates Georgia the most from, from Florida? What position is there the greatest discrepancy? Quarterback, quarterback, right now. It's I fun. mean, but I, here's the thing about you say two defenses ones, are you pretty say two one, uh, This you year, say oh, hold, two on, hold on. This year, it's it's really the offensive line because you can make the argument that Georgia might have one of the best offensive lines in all of college football. They returned the best left guard and left tackle in all football in college football. They have Fromm. They got Swift back to running back. The weakest part that Georgia faces this year is they have no receivers and tight ends. They have they have one guy coming back from last year's class. Other than that, their defense is stout. Their linemen are stout. Their quarterback is stout and they have a solid running game, and we know Georgia produces running backs year after year. So, listen, oh, that, uh, that, no, game, here's, that game will be interesting. Here's my thing about – you said about Tua and Fromm. I don't think Fromm is a great quarterback in college. I do not think Tua – and I really thought Tua was the best player in college football for most of the year until end of the year when we saw Georgia kind of get to him, and then we saw him in the national championship. Yeah, that Lou Dowell's bet. Yeah, the Lou Dowell's bet. Still waiting on that bet. Still waiting on that bet, my friend. My double, my double dinner bet. But you say two and from are, are superior to Felipe Franks, but they kind of came back to life last year, especially Tua. I don't see them like like even Tua. I don't consider him in Trevor Lawrence's class. Trevor Lawrence is the greatest quarterback, it, it really, since Andrew Luck played the game in college football. But, Trev, I'm going to go back to Florida in the Jim McElwain days when they went to the SEC championship back-to-back -back years. Yeah, no quarterback. If you watch those games, those games are very competitive, and yeah. those Florida Gators stopped 
some very good Alabama offenses, but the problem was Florida just could not score. It's been a problem since Tim Tebow left Florida, and that's the biggest problem of why they haven't gone to the next level is, is they haven't had a good quarterback. That's that's the biggest, biggest problem right now for them. I don't understand. How are they not recruiting? Like, they are. Teams like, not producing. Teams like LSU and, and the Florida Gators, they're top ten programs. They can't find any of these star-studded quarterbacks. I don't understand it. It doesn't have to be a star-studded. You, just well, you know what I mean. Right, like a good quarterback. Right yeah, hey, listen. Baker Mayfield, it worked out. Texas Tech and went to – I mean, Mahomes. I mean, there's guys that work. SEC, they got good defenses, okay? And it takes a special quarterback in the SEC. And Charles will probably know this answer better than I will. When's the last time we really had a stout SEC quarterback? Like somebody like an Andrew Locke. Or, I mean, name me a last SEC quarterback that was legit I mean, NFL t- caliber. Manning? Peyton Manning. Manning. Oh, Manning. Peyton, maybe, Peyton. Uh, maybe Eli. Maybe Eli. Eli but, I mean, to. think about SEC. It's running game and it's defenses. It's never been about the big-time quarterbacks. Name me a big-time. Tebow, but he was he was a product of the system. Name me a – Cam s- Newton. So Cam Newton. The offense was made I mean, that was too, nine, that was nine years ago. Well, Cam I, Newton. I'm going to bring up a point that neither one you guys have alluded to. If you're a college football recruit right now, and you're a quarterback, do I really want to go to Florida or Alabama and hand the ball off 35 times? Do you want to go to any SEC team, though, then? I would rather go. I would rather – listen, and if you look at it right now, what are we seeing in the NFL? Everybody is adopting the Mike Leach – Mike Spread, Leach's throw the ball, offensive system. Spread the ball, throw the ball around. Let's go. So that's why Oklahoma is getting always the number one recruits in quarter. Sure, if you were a fo- if you were a football recruit right now and you really had NFL dreams and you had a, a dream of playing professional football and Nick Saban and you're sitting there and he's telling you and you don't care about winning a national championship and you step back and you say everybody is running this system, the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Steelers. I'm going. Right? To, I'm going to Clemson. Yeah, right. or, I'm going to Clemson or Oklahoma. Yeah, that, that, that would be but my. But sometimes that would be my those quarterbacks don't pay. I mean, it could translate. It doesn't translate always into the NFL. That's the thing. Yeah, it's nice to go to college for those offenses if you like stats and you're trying to win a Heisman. It doesn't always translate into the NFL, though. I think it's about getting acclimated to a system and getting used to the technology. Excuse me, the terminology, the the, the formations. I, I mean, you know, Nick Saban's running a and, and listen, he's the greatest coach of football of all time. And Alabama's probably the, the the best dynasty of college football. But you know, if I'm a college recruit, I want to go play someone who's playing the air raid because I mean, that that's what every NFL team is shifting to. It's a reason why Cliff Kingsbury, a failed college football coach, was hired at Arizona because that's the way the NFL is going. Okay. Kind of like where I said the running backs are getting devalued just by the default, just Man. by default. And, and it's and it's why Nick Saban probably and, and why Clemson all of a sudden has gotten really really good, and why Oklahoma's getting these great recruiting classes because you want to go play and, and run that system. Now, right now, Oklahoma, yeah. now Alabama did adapt that system last year because of Tua. That was the first time they actually had a quarterback who can throw the ball legitimately. They have always been I formation or power I. Well, because last, last year last year they were shotgun with Tua. Great last backs. year they were shotgun more so with Tua because of his ability to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. So Alabama has started adapting a little bit. We'll see how it goes going forward. This year, I think is, I think. Chaz, Alabama, you're going to see a different Alabama team this year because Tua comes back. You have that solid, solidified. I mean, think about it. He's a first-round talented quarterback, but they have legit three first-round talented receivers on that thing where it used to be the running backs. Now, they still have a star running back, but they have 
they have maybe one of the best college football players in Jared Judy at the receiver. They have Ray, they have they have three first round draft picks at every receiver. They're gonna be able to spread the ball and throw the ball around the field and still be able to run the ball. I think they're gonna be so, this will be the best Alabama offense we've seen since Saban's been there. Without a question. I got, I got two more questions for you. But hold on, let me. I just okay. want to say one yep, thing yep, about yep, this yep. point. Yep. If Alabama, you think they're going to have an offense, how about a year with a Trevor Lawrence who's more? Oh, mature? I totally agree with that. Totally. Oh, I, yeah, and they 100%. got their receivers back, and they got Travis Etney. I mean, they're going to have the same type of thing, and they have the offensive line. Listen, I think those are going to be the two best offenses in football this year. They should be. Yep. Now here's Tua. the thing: Clemson doesn't face the defenses Alabama faces week in week out. But listen, we also know Alabama also throws three cupcakes in there during the season. Well, and we've I, talked about this because you have mentioned it multiple times. You throw a Townsend in there in Western Kentucky the week before you play in LSU or you have a bye week. I mean, they've talked about it on the show. Colin Coward said it. Look at Alabama. They play three cupcakes, and then they, every time they have a bye week before the LSU game. Like, how does that not set up perfectly for you? Well, I mean, listen, it's my biggest critique of Nick Saban is, is Nick Saban has never gone on the road and never went into a hostile environment. Urban Meyer does. Oklahoma with 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 Bob Stoops does, you know Lincoln Riley does, Jim Harbaugh does, Brian Kelly does. Okay, I mean Georgia Kirby Smart, they go into they go into a Notre Dame, they go into a USC, they go into an Ohio State, playing somebody on a neutral court in a, a neutral field like Atlanta, uh, in a fringe top twenty-five team, and never going into a hostile thing and relying on the SEC. He did one but time SEC, in like, in my he did opinion, like he did like one time loss, and that's why he's never done it again. He did in the early years, and then yeah. he, and then he curtailed his schedule too. And listen, it's 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 fine, but and and, and listen, I'll say this: it's fine. But you know, if Alabama, you know, go into Michigan, go into Ohio State, you know, go into USC. Oh, I would going love to, to see Alabama go up to Michigan. That would be, I'll tell you, that would be awesome. Hundred ten thousand I mean, people, big bull. Who cares? I mean, just think about this right now. Alabama is most difficult non-conference game is Duke, a, 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 a fringe border, a borderline team that's going to qualify for. They'll win by forty points over Duke. I bet you. Yeah, and and and, and listen, and, and and that's why I honestly think if Alabama loses a football game this year, they shouldn't be in the college football playoffs. Stop relying on the SEC so much. Give me your college you. football uh, prediction. Right, who do you got? Oh, Clemson, Alabama. Well, who do you uh, got as the other? Who's the other two teams? Uh, you're gonna yell at me. It's gonna be Michigan. Well, oh, all right. The, and who's the other one? Who do you think? Uh, Washington. Ah. I mean, listen, not a bad pick. But ah. Pac-12's got to get something. They got a good team. You got to like the coach. They got Jacob Eason, the transfer from Georgia. Okay. So and I then think, you got Clemson, I think Alabama. Washington is really underrated. They have a pretty favorable schedule. And then you got Clemson, uh, Alabama. And then who do you got I winning? Think the, I think the Big 12, I think Oklahoma and Texas are going to beat each other up um, and not be able to sneak in. I think the ACC is a one-bid league. Uh, I don't see anybody outside of the, the, the Power Five getting in. College football. Uh, and plus, I like to have a couple little surprises. So, okay. and, and, uh, and I, we... I do think, in all honesty, I know I'm a Jim Harbaugh uh, lover, but I do think this is the year for Michigan. And 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 candidly, if if they don't beat Ohio State and win the Big Twelve, then I, I think Jim Harbaugh will have to leave because without Urban Meyer, with a with a transfer quarterback starting in his first year if this if they don't do it and but this is the first year that jim harborough is not running a 1940s like offense i will say i'm not buying so. it to him i'm done with them jazz thank you so much for calling big guy love you see you soon all right pal
See you guys. See ya. So Ted, you're a Florida Gator fan. Yeah. Just give me your give me your take. What's the score? Point is simple. Felipe Franks has to play like he did against Michigan in the bowl game against the Peach. They they got to be dominant. Travis is right. They lost four of the five offensive linemen last year. I read about this game completely. Both offensive lines are going to be shaky. Both defensive lines, Miami, by the end of the season, could have one of the best front sevens in all football. Florida has a great defense, too. They're stout up front. They have – hey, listen, Florida has sp- skilled players all over. Jefferson, uh, Van Jefferson, Freddie Swain, Trevor Grimes, Joshua Hammond, Michael Piron, the running back. You got the quarterback back. He's 6'5". He can throw the ball. I think Florida's going to win. They're going to pull it away. I think you're going to see a 31-24 game or 27 game. You know, early it's going to be a little shaky. You know, first time guys don't get preseason games. I'm excited. It's Florida versus Miami. There's a history of these two teams. These teams played every year up until 83, 50 straight years. The only year they didn't play was 1943 because of World War II. Miami holds a slight edge, 29 to 26. You know, they've won seven of the past eight meetings. The last time the team played, Tebow was the leader. Listen, this is exciting. There's a lot of history. A lot of people don't realize with these two teams because they haven't played that frequently in the last 10 to 15 years. But for Florida, you got to start 1-0. You start against a rival. And you just want to see that they have progressed from last year's big bowl win and that they were 10-2, that it wasn't a fluke, and that Dan Mullins okay. leading the Gators in the right direction. I let you give all the explanation because you're a Florida fan and I want to get your take. I got Florida winning too as well. I got a 31-17. I think they pull away in the end. Close game. It'll be a fun game to watch. But Florida, I think the talent, I think the expectations, I think they deliver this year. But it all depends on the shoulder and arm and even legs of Felipe Frank. He can run. He can run. That's what I'm saying. It all depends on how great he wants to be. If he's great, watch out for the Florida Gators this year. Because they are athletic, they got speed, they got a good defense, and they got a good coach as well. It all comes down to Felipe Franks. If he wants to take that next level, if we're getting Florida back to national prominence, he's going to be be on Felipe Franks. He has to be the answer. Florida starts off the right way this year. 2019, 2020 season, 1-0 against over the U. Ladies and gentlemen, we are signing off. We will be back next week. Everybody, we are Keys to the City. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the City, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.